Hello and welcome to Albertland Throwers, the podcast of the Highland Games in Alberta and around the world. Good day, everyone. I hope everyone's having a good day. Well, I just had a great interview with Megan Malham. She's the president of the Alberta Scottish Athletic Association. And she was kind enough to come on the show and give her thoughts about various subjects. And this is that interview. Well, today on the show, everyone, I have a special guest, uh, Megan Malham. And she is the president of the Alberta Athletic Association. Uh, Sc- Alberta Scottish Athletic Association. Make sure I get that right. And uh, we're very honored to have her on the on the show. Thank you for coming out, Megan. Uh, hi, guys. I'm super happy to be here, and thank you, Justin, for this opportunity. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. So I was looking online, and the first um, records we have of you on the Canadian Scottish Ath- or the Canadian yeah Scottish Athletic Federation is. 2009 is that when you started yeah that is so uh what kind of got you into starting in the highland games at that time Uh, honestly um (laughs) it started out with my work term um i was still in university in 2008 and i did a co-op term where sean was my boss so sean Mm. langford is one of the founding members of the alberta scottish athletic association and uh, he, he really helped me get into uh, working out and answered a lot of questions. And I have a very competitive nature um, and I had no outlet for that. Uh, I, I danced all through junior high and high school and then I moved. And as is usual, um, you stop doing those activities when you move to a new city and you go to university. So I just I lost my outlet for a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially like closer to the end of my work term um i i went and i i watched um sean like participate in the heavy events and uh it was kind of funny because afterwards i went up and i was talking to the guys and one of the other members uh wes radstack at the time like threw a med ball at me and i caught it instead of shying away and the guys were like okay so you're gonna just start throwing so uh, I kind of got dragged into it. <laughs> well, that sounds like Sean to me. That's right? you know, what, he, what he would do, I'm assuming. Yeah, I wasn't given too much of a choice <laughs> um, initially. And uh, just from there, like it became something that was really cool. It's technical. It requires a lot of strength. Um, and you can always tweak and improve little things. So mm-hmm. it, it's not something that you just kind of learn and master and move on. There, there's always something else to, to try and master. So it, it keeps you interested and trying to get better. And like, you know, your, your personal record can increase by an inch and everybody's <laughs> super excited for you. So yeah. it, it was also the community too, like seeing those guys out on that field that day, that was a great community it's they're super competitive but they were also so inviting it's a great community to be a part of and yeah yeah, I I found the same thing it's uh when I first started there is a competitive and 
competitiveness of, of it because why else do it unless you're competitive but mm-hmm. also um people are really happy when you happen to get your best even at, at times when you beat them and they're still Absolutely. happy for you and and congratulate you and i was pretty surprised by that myself i thought it would be a lot more ego driven than it is and uh but it's not it's people are very happy when when you progress and do better yeah, honestly, for me, if I can teach someone how to be better than me, uh, I will call that a win because I have the complete wrong body mechanics for this sport. <laughs> I'm short. Um, I like I, I don't weigh as much as I should to be uh, good in this stuff. So if I can like take someone who should legit be better than me and make them better than me, that's that's my goal. So yeah, that's one thing I noticed when I was on the field, new uh, a new thrower. Your uh, technical uh, technique is very, very well. Like it's on point. It's <laughs> you, 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 you grab all you can out uh, that you can out of your your um, body and and apply the force appro- at the appropriate times and and all that kind of stuff. And you on did a lot of on field coaching for me and yep. help helped me. Uh, pick up a few little hints here and there on, on the field. And, and so that's something you really notice. At least I did what I really noticed when I was out there. Yeah. I think it's one of the only reasons that I've been able to do this for so long and so long being a, a little over a decade, it's, it's not common, right. To, right. to have um, people competing in explosive strength sports for this long, it, it chews up your body. It really does. Um, and for, for me, like I'm five, three, that is not where you want to be <laughs> for throwing sports. You're not a giant on the field. That's <laughs> no, I'm not a giant. Like I would be more, um, suited to doing like power lifting and stuff like that, where it's like my short range of motion is a benefit because I don't mm. have to lift the weights that far. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I had to get technical, um, really quickly if I wanted to do well. And I had like, there's so many um, good resources for people out there. It's super helped that I had um, a lot of students of the sport that I could pull on here in Alberta. Um, Like Sean's a student, Rob's a student, like there's so many different people that you could um, pull from. And I had no throwing background. So I was a blank slate and, and I had no um, bad habits, really. Right. Um, but my dancing background did help because yeah. this, this is all about like knowing where your body is and, and being able to, to move it appropriately. I still suck at some of the events. <laughs> I, I dislike the stone greatly and mm. it dislikes me because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I should definitely do better in that one than I do. Um, that's where my brain just decides to break down and, and not want to learn. I know what I'm su- <laughs> supposed to do, but it definitely doesn't happen there. Yeah. But like the, the weights and the hammers, I love them. They're, they're so much fun for me. Yeah, my my tough one is the weight over bar. I don't know what the the deal is with me, but uh, um, I should be able to get a bit higher, and <laughs> it's just like a struggle. I'm not You're too fighting sure what. yourself. Yeah, I, I, I do the same thing in the stone. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that actually segues into an interesting part I wanted to discuss with you. When you look at uh, how Alberta, Alberta fares across 
uh, Canada and the different provinces across Canada, we do quite well. We kind of punch above our, our weight class a bit. Um, if you look at the top 10 in the different divisions and whatnot, we're, we actually crowded out pretty good. So I'm wondering, what is it about Alberta that uh, you feel um, creates that environment that we have some pretty good competitors here? I think it's like with anything else, like some of it's luck, um, having people with the right genetics that grew up in Alberta and have the right backgrounds and mindset. It's no different than any other sport. Um, but I, I think the other part too is, is just that community, like people want to come and want to throw in Alberta because it is about that community and it's not necessarily all about the competition. Now, um, we can be a, a little hard on newbies sometimes. Um, one of the things that some of the, the founding members found is like for, for weight over bar, especially um, as soon as they said that 10 feet was the minimum height that they were going to start, everybody started throwing 10 feet because yeah, yeah. uh, they had to, right? right? So we forced people to get better in that regard. We weren't um, lowering the bar just so that everybody could get a mark. We, we were forcing people to try and practice that event and everything else. Right. Um, I think the other thing too is just that like we have a lot of people who have good technical knowledge and are willing to pass it on. Right. It's not something that you hoard. So if you can teach uh, five people what you know and one of them really gloms onto it, well, that's that's where you get your uh, top level athletes from. Right, right. I see. So there's a community of, of wanting to share and wanting to build this sport within Alberta. And that really has helped us uh, produce some pretty good throwers. Absolutely. Right. So uh, you are the president of the Scot Alberta Scottish Athletic Association. Uh -huh. um, tell us when you started in that role and how you kind of got into the role as the president. Oh, I think that was probably 2011. Um, I'll phone my dad back later. <laughs> um, and really, it, it was more about wanting to be more involved. Um, I, I was already helping out with some of the uh, organization and I had started putting the marks up in the the database and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, it, and a lot of it was because I, I was looking at all of the other uh, people in the association at that time and they all had their jobs, which I had to, of course, um, but they also had families and other commitments. So like them trying to juggle all of that stuff as well as do, doing all the organization and everything else that came with it, I was like, well, I can take some of this load off of you guys oh, okay. and yeah. start doing more of it. Um, that's very ingrained in me too. Like I just, I want to get things done. Right. Um, and so there, there will be a lot of times where I'll just like, no, I can do this and I'll, I'll take, I'll take the work. Um, so that's kind of what happened here too. Um, basically the guys were like, okay, you get to be the president now and passed the 
uh, proverbial stick to me, All and right. I just haven't dropped it yet. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, so tell us what the Alberta Scottish, uh, Scottish Athletic Association, what is their role in the Highland Games in Alberta? Oh, it was, so basically what it started out being as is uh, a centralized location for um, people to come to, to to learn about the heavy events, but also for all of the different Highland Games associations to uh, be able to contact and utilize to run the heavy events at their games. Mm. So in, in the very, very early days, um, essentially, there wasn't anybody on a, a lot of the Highland Games boards that knew about the heavy events okay. uh, or like really had a vested interest in growing the heavy events and doing all of this stuff. So sometimes when when the throwers would show up, they wouldn't have good equipment, mm. um, like, especially when it comes to the capers. The capers, you, you have to know what the the throwers are capable of and have good ranges right. otherwise you like it's very easy to oversize a stick it, it, it's they're not heavy per se right you, you think about it and you get a 70 pound caber but depending on how long it is that can be a really difficult stick right and you don't want to just throw that at um new people if they're not ready for it right. so like not having that knowledge on the boards and then coming there and having to throw this equipment and, and not having it set up well sometimes. Um, basically what, what the founding members did is they're like, okay, they talked to all the Highland Games boards and said, well, we'll start this up. And basically um, we will, we'll make sure that we have the equipment. We will organize the events. Like we'll clean up after ourselves. They'll basically be a self governing body within all of the different Thailand games competitions mm. and just take that um, worry, I guess, away from the boards. It, it wasn't meant to be a forever thing having okay. the Alberta Scottish Athletic Association run the games. Uh, and you can see that with how Calgary has taken uh, the management of the heavy events back now that uh, Rob's on the board. Right. So like the, it was always meant to be make sure that the the people have good equipment, make sure that there's someone who has knowledge of the games and the heavy events that, that can organize it so that it can be put on um, in like a, a good, safe manner with good equipment and make sure that everybody has fun. Because okay. that's what it's really about at the end of the day. So it sounds like there was a safety component. Maybe the equipment wasn't very safe and, we all, everyone that competes know that the caber is the most dangerous to the competitor. Um, yeah, it sure generally. can be. Yeah, um, yeah, I've had a few close calls myself. Yeah, <laughs> and and just like some some of the equipment, like if it's not uh, if it's not weighing in well or that kind of stuff, like we we were seeing good throwers come in, mm. and so it would be a really big shame if those throwers were throwing PRs or starting to get close to some of the Canadian records or that kind of stuff. And we have to go back and tell them you can't 
use that mark right. because the weight was underweight or, or like that kind of stuff. Right. So it, it was about really making sure that we were providing the best equipment, um, like making sure that everybody was safe, including the spectators, because the hammer can get out of hand in a yeah, hurry, yeah, depending yeah. on who you have showing up. So right. also having that knowledge of, okay, do you, do you have like a, a Matt Doherty or a Jason Johnston or Rob Young or, or any of those guys who can really throw the hammer far? Like, are they going to be showing up? Because right. now my, my space dimensions and requirements change. Like right, it becomes right. a big factor there, or we just don't throw the the light hammer. Cause, the heavy hammer, right? Yeah. yeah, and even then, you need like a hundred fifty foot square area for the right. heavy hammer for those guys. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because for me, you know, you can have a little small field to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> me too. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm okay. I'm, I'm tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these other guys, it's uh, it's amazing what they're they're able to throw. Hmm. Yeah, and, and the, the hammer throw is the most dangerous for the spectators uh, can be. And so yes, it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly one of those things where if you haven't seen those implements coming at you, you don't know what it's going to do. And it's no different than, you know, you're learning to drive a car and you need to turn left. Well, can you gauge the distance between cars coming at you? And is there a safe space for you to get in there? Right. It's the same thing with a hammer, right? You, right. you know, you see it coming at you, but is it going to come at you at you? Or is it going to land short? Is it going to go past you? Like you have no frame of reference. So right. it can, it can be a little um, not fun for the the spectators if they start to see that hammer come their way yeah they get a little scared i've, I've seen a few clear outs because it was getting too close and all the spectators cleared it uh, didn't, yeah it, it didn't go as far as uh the spectators but it wasn't too far off <laughs> yeah i've i've seen a woman uh basically do a backwards somersault over her chair before too <laughs> trying to get away oh, oh. yeah so uh just uh to speak on that myself i had an experience i won't mentioned the Highland Games in particular, but uh, um, it was the heavy weight for distance. And I was picking it up. I'm like, man, this feels light. But they said that it was it. And I threw a 12 foot PR or something. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is not it. This is. Was it the 42? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was the 42. So, so this Highland Games had just uh, um, had a master's field. They never did it before. Mm. So I'm guessing that they didn't have the weights quite right. I'm not mm. too sure what the weight is, but uh looked good for the crowd anyways. But for me, I was like, no, this is not it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have millions of listeners around the world and uh, a bunch of people in Alberta listening. Actually, I only have a couple dozen, but uh <laughs> Um, anyways, if somebody's listening to this and they want to, and they're interested and they think it's cool, they they look at online videos and see all the top throwers and how they throw and they want to get involved. How would you recommend somebody getting involved in this sport in Alberta? Uh, the best thing to do is to, if, if you know someone who throws already, contact them. If you have uh, no knowledge of anybody in this sport, uh, I'd really suggest that they uh, contact me. They can do that through the heavyevents.ab.ca website. Um, basically, that has the the heavy events email plastered all over it. You'll be able to find it. Uh, it has a lot of good information about 
uh, the, the events itself. It has some good links to get to uh, different throwing uh, sites and websites and, and different stuff. Like YouTube is an amazing tool for starting to learn how to throw. There's a lot of good um, throwers who have put up uh, basically how-to videos on a lot of the, the different events as well. Uh, there's so many resources, but if you really want to get local, you can contact me and depending on where you are in Alberta, I will do my best to try and get you in contact with um, local throwers in that area who already have the equipment and everything else. Because the, the last thing I want people to be doing is spending money on stuff if they don't even know if they like it yet. Mm, it's it's not a cheap sport. I mean, it can be as cheap or as expensive as you want it to be. You, you can definitely make your own practice weights and everything else, but it's still going to cost you <laughs> in time or money right. uh, to, to do that kind of stuff. So if you can get set up with someone who already has the equipment and has the knowledge and, and can actually look at you and um, correct you as you go through some of those movements, it's so much better to learn that way. All right, so th they just uh, go to the website and then yep. uh, uh, send you an email. And you've sent me a couple people over the years to um, train because there's also a safety, there's a financial thing, but there's also a bit of a safety consideration as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's you, definitely one of those things where if I'm training someone new, like you, you go through your introductions and then you get into the safety talk. It's almost no different than a work site. It's part of the training requirements where basically you have to say where, especially where can you stand when someone else is throwing as far as safety <laughs> yeah, concerns yeah, and what do you point. need to be yeah. looking for and, and all of that other kind of stuff. Um, it's yeah. Until, until you've actually seen someone throw and, blown out a throw sometimes people like don't necessarily believe where the weight or the hammer or anything else is going to go until they see it actually go that direction and then they go oh okay right. this is why I shouldn't stand here yeah there's a um, particularly for the hammer there's a we like to dub it the death zone if you're standing in this area that's the yeah. like, most dangerous zone and I've I've um I've seen Long some out. weird ones too. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, I, I don't know how the hammer got there. It, it shouldn't have been <laughs> physically possible for that to happen. And yet it still did. <laughs> weird. Yeah. yeah. So um, what's your favorite uh, event? Uh, you mentioned uh, hammer and weights. I think you said, are those? Yeah. Favorite? Like those are, those are good. I, I still say the caber is probably like, the favorite event it's the, the most um visually inspiring of the events yeah just because people people have looked at me and i've actually had this comment come at me um where i say oh yeah no i'm gonna go compete in the heavy events and have people be like oh you're gonna go get squished and i'm like mm. <laughs> squished <laughs> yes yes that was a real comment that came back at me <laughs> um but no, I, I like the caber because um, it's a nice balance between technique and strength. It, like, it's, it is definitely one of those events that the crowd gets up for. So it's yeah. really easy for all of the competitors to, to get jazzed about and just so ready for. Right. Um, and, and 
one of my favorite things to do sometimes is just like to keep challenging myself in that event. So, um, you know, women's caper, you go through that all well and good. And then maybe afterwards, sometimes I'll be like, can I, can I try the MB stick? And, uh, I can pick it. Um, I learned how to pick really well because mm-hmm. yet again, like those short mechanics don't help me out and me being light doesn't help. Um, I have yet to turn an ambi stick, it, but it looks super impressive when I can pick up an 18 foot, 70 pound stick. Right. Yeah. And then I, <laughs> I've done that before. And then I've looked at the guys and gone like, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> I, picked I did all that I could right here. And it looks fantastic because I didn't have to play with it at all when I picked it. But no, this isn't turning. <laughs> Take your pictures for Instagram and whatnot. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I'd just like to pick your uh, prophetic uh, brain a bit. Um, so we've had, obviously last year was a wash. Um, you, you weren't running any games last year. What is next year? Do you figure looks like, I know you can't actually predict the future or anything, but what, what do you see in the future for next year? I, I am just so not sure because so much of it depends on, um, what local governments are going to allow, um, so I, one of the other things that I'm a part of, and no surprise here, is I, I'm a part of uh, the Highland Dance community as well. Um, I teach it. I'm I'm on the uh, Scott Dance Alberta board as well. And mm. right now, um, Scott Dance Canada has said like there's no competitions for dance in Alberta, for and next year. they haven't given us um, a timeline yet on when that stuff will, will start opening up because um, they're, they're waiting on local governments in order to be able to figure that out. Right. Um, but really it, it's going to require make, like us having the ability to have outdoor gatherings again. Um, and it, basically it's, it's going to be, I, I think different. I, I don't know if we're going to have, full full highland gatherings i'm i don't think we will even in 21 and that might be me just being very pessimistic i hope Um, so i hope so too like maybe by august july august we we might be able to have something again but if nothing else i'm I'm hoping that we can at least have um our, our local competition where we're basically it's like our our end of year event or something else where maybe it not might not be the whole Highland gathering, but it could just be our competition where we can get together and cheer each other on again and, and just basically have a, a good day of it. Right. Um, it's uh, there's so much to think about with that. Yeah. Um, and, and how can we make sure that we're meeting the the safety requirements of the time? Right. From the government so that, I mean, I, I, I don't want to get fined. Um, <laughs> I want everybody to, to go home safe, which is always what we want people to do. Um, right. and, and just make sure that it's, it's okay. So I, I know oh. that everybody's being safe. Right. Um, it, it's just a matter of like, what do I have to demonstrate to outside forces to make sure that, 
they they also say that we're we're being safe right. for, for what this environment is i gotcha all right well i think uh that'll wrap up this show i'm again thank you so much megan for being on on this uh edition absolutely my pleasure and uh, this was a good interview and uh, thank you very much i appreciate it yeah thank you all right see you later see you